0: Amen. Wow. Well, there's joy in the house of the Lord today, huh? With with that joy and that song and the clapping, praise God. Thank you very much, Tom and band and kids. Saw several of you waving your flags, your banners there and your flags, praise flags, we call them. Uh, Thanks for doing that. There's joy in the house of the Lord. You know, it's sometimes good just to have fun. Just kind of let loose a little bit, right? I have to remind myself of that once in a while. Just kind of have fun. Let loose a little bit. It's fun, it's fun to be a Christian. And uh, there's joy in the house of the Lord. Joy is always in order in church. Joy is always in order in church in the Christian life. Uh, and so uh, as we sang that song, we sang that, uh, what, what did we sing? That God is the one who, who uh, parted the raging seas and open the prison doors. And the God's the one who heals, saves, and always makes a way. And we are forgiven, redeemed, accepted by his grace. And so there's joy in the house of the Lord. Well, we're gonna have a lot of fun this week at Vacation Bible School. And uh, maybe we can find a a place for that song uh, sometime during Vacation Bible School this week. Joy is one of the compelling characteristics of the Christian life. That's why I say joy is always in order in the church and in the Christian life because joy is one of the compelling characteristics of the Christian life. Nehemiah writes in Nehemiah chapter 8, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, come on, rejoice, Paul writes to the early Christians in Philippi, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Jesus himself talked about joy. In John chapter 15, he's talking to his disciples. And there was not a lot of joy ahead for him because he's talking to his disciples on the night in which he was betrayed. A couple hours later, after these instructions, he was going to be betrayed. But Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made complete. So that your joy may be full, complete, mature joy. Joy is one of the compelling characteristics of the Christian life. Some of you perhaps have heard of the contemporary Christian uh, songwriter, popular a couple decades ago, actually, Chris Rice. And uh, Chris Rice, uh, uh, kind of in a moment of joyful inspiration when he was working at church camp one year, kind of put together this fun song in 10 minutes. And he put together this song for the church camp he was working at, not with any deep theological intent, but just have fun for the middle schoolers where he was ministering. And so he put together this song, and he sang it to them, and they loved it. And then he began to sing it at other church camps later that summer. And then he sang it to a group of college students. And after he sang it to a group of college students, his recording uh, label said, you need to put this on a, 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 a record. You, you need to record this. And so he did. And it became very, very popular, immensely popular. How many of you ever heard? Now, maybe not many people first service heard, and maybe not many people, because I'm dating myself here about 25 years ago, have ever heard the song, the cartoon song. Okay, we got several hands. Nice, nice, several hands. Second service here, good. The cartoon song. And it's kind of a silly song, isn't it? It's kind of a fun song. Again, not a lot of deep theological intent uh, in that song. And and let me just tell you, it was not in the top 10 of Asbury favorites. When we were voting earlier, it did not get in the top 10. So, uh, but you know what? This song got a vote. Darcy's husband, John, John Van Dopp, and Nick's dad, John Van he put in a vote for the cartoon song. Has he ever showed you the cartoon song? Nick, have you seen the cartoon song? Well, um, when John Van Dopp, two months ago, put that vote in for the cartoon song, I knew it wasn't going to get top ten, but I said, Roop. <laughs> I got t- I got to tell the church about that on Family Sunday. We have one Family Sunday this summer, July 31st. So I booked it for July 31st to tell you about the cartoon song. So the cartoon song. Now, because I knew that we could talk about cartoons on Family Sunday. Kids, you like cartoons, right? What kids are you what cartoons are you currently watching? I mean, uh, maybe Paw Patrol or Peppa Pig or Coco Melon no or oh, StoryBots. Storybots, The Mandalorian, The Mandalorian maybe. Uh, SpongeBob SquarePants for anybody? SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah, older folks go for SpongeBob, <laughs> and we like SpongeBob SquarePants, right? So, well, well the cartoon song is with, for, with cartoons older than any of those, even older than Squ- SpongeBob SquarePants. The cartoon song is with characters in it like Fred and Wilma Flintstone. Okay, that, that's old, right? Some of you know about the Flintstones. Well, the cartoon song starts with like this. Well, I've been thinking the other day, what if cartoons got saved? They'd be singing in a whole new way, right? And so what would Fred and Wilma Flintstone be saying? They'd be singing, yabba dabba doo Instead of hallelujah, they'd sing, yabba dabba doo And Scooby-Doo and scooby and Shaggy would be singing scooby doo instead of Hallelujah. And uh, Astro, the Jetson's dog, would be singing ruff ruff roo ruff ruff roo instead of Hallelujah. Astro, the Jetson's dog. Do you know something about the Jetsons? Tom's son, Sam, told me this. George Jetson was born today. Today. Now, the Jetsons were futuristic. For those of you who don't know, they were futuristic. And by golly, George Jetson was born today. Uh, that's a hallelujah right there, huh? <laughs> And then one more. Kermit the Frog, if he got saved, he'd be singing hallelujah. So, so, those, that, so that's the cartoon song. I mean, we might... Uh, Play it on your way out, okay? But I don't want to have too much fun in, in, in church. But the cartoon song, well, I have great memories of the cartoon song because our kids were small at the time. Do you remember this, Wendy? When our, our kids were small, cousins would come together at Grandma and Grandpa Johnson's house, Wendy's parents' house, in the basement, and they would strap on their rollerblades, they're like between 6 and 11 years old, they would strap on their rollerblades, and put in the boombox the cartoon song. Play the cartoon song, and get all of us adults down and perform a show for us, <laughs> singing. They had it memorized, and they were singing and skating to the cartoon song. So we we have great memories about that song, Fun Times. I will say this: the cartoon song created some controversy, in the, in the Christian world or maybe I should say in the Christian subculture, <laughs> because some debated the theological ramifications of whether or not Fred Flintstone should be endorsing the faith. And, and some didn't know if it was right that Scooby-Doo should be singing scooby doo doo Ya" instead of Hallelujah. <laughs> and some wondered if the Jetsons dog Astro should be praising the Lord anyway. So sometimes there's this subculture that gets a little bit crazy, right? Because there was no theological intent or content in the song or, or meant to be. So we got a little bit, sometimes get little overboard. My point being, we can have fun in church. We had fun with the song. Let there be joy in the house, Lord. We're going to have fun at vacation Bible school this week. We can have fun in the church. Joy is one of the compelling characteristics of being a Christian. If someone stumbled in on a Sunday or joined us online, would they find the people thrilled and joy filled? Uh, and, and, And on occasion, having fun? I hope so. Because joy is being connected to Jesus. Joy is being connected to Jesus. And joy is found in a friendship with Jesus. And Jesus talks about friendship and being a friend of his. We sang earlier being a friend of God. Jesus talks about friendship and being a friend of his in John chapter 15. He talks about what a friend he is. and This connects with our top 10 song of the day, what a friend we have in Jesus. Jesus talks about that friendship in John chapters uh, 13 through 17. We have for us uh, Jesus' final instructions to his disciples before in a few hours he was betrayed by one of his friends, Judas. And in these final instructions uh, recorded for us by his beloved friend and beloved disciple John, recorded for us, and then for 2,000 years have been so important, these final instructions have been so important for followers of Jesus. He says in verse 15, he talks about him being the vine and we're the branches. And he says that if, we're, if we want to bear fruit, good fruit, effective, life-giving, a positive fruit, if, that, if, if we want that coming from our lives, then we need to be connected to uh, the vine. We need to abide in Jesus. And then he says in verse 8, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. John 15, verse 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. He's talking to his disciples, night in which he was betrayed. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands, and I remain in his love. I have told you this so that... My joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. I've told you these things. All these things, his final instructions, his about abiding in him, I've told you these things, that my joy might be in you, and that your joy might be full. Jesus here we have, gives us the answer for a joyful life. Abiding. In Jesus and as Heather mentioned in her children's sermon the kids if you were here at Sunday school last week you heard about abiding in Jesus and being a friend of Jesus Uh, let's let's keep going verse 12 John 15 verse 12 my command is this love each other as I have loved you greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. I no longer call you servants. I'm no longer your boss. I call you my friends because everything the father has given to me, I have given to you. You are my friends. Now think about that. That's a radical statement. Because the disciples saw themselves as servants. They saw themselves as followers of Jesus. They saw themselves as learners of Jesus. But now Jesus is saying, just probably two to three hours before one of his followers, one of his friends, Judas, was gonna betray him, he said, fellas, you are my friends. Jesus offers to his disciples and he offers to you and me more than servanthood, he offers friendship. More than servanthood, he offers friendship. Jesus yearns for relationship, friendship, more than what we can do for him, more than how we can serve him more than our good deeds, more than our good works, he desires relationship, he desires friendship. And of course, that friendship, that relationship comes as we open our heart to him, as we put our faith and trust in him as our Savior and Lord, then we have this personal connection, this personal friendship with him. God is not way off and distant and far removed from us like the followers of God in the Old Testament, the Hebrew people in the Old Testament, they saw God as far off, removed and distant from him. But no, God has drawn close through the person of Jesus, his son, he's drawn close to us as a loving friend. And then, based on that friendship that we have with him, that relationship we have with him, we, we of course... Uh, do good deeds and do good works and we serve him and we follow him and obey him as a natural and normal response of that friendship with him. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend that we have in Jesus. What a song. What a great song. Some of you, I know it's in your top three. Some, I know Gwen, I got an email from Gwen. Top one, favorite song. Yeah, that's awesome. And maybe for others here, favorite song. What a friend we have in Jesus. Jesus, in spite of our faults and failures, in spite of the times we fall, we fall short, we, we fall off the wagon, we, we d- disappoint him, and in spite of all of that, he still calls us friends. He still considers us friends. You know, sometimes we have friends that come and go. Sometimes friends disappoint us. Sometimes we have friends when we're young, we're the age of our school age kids here today, and maybe you'll have different friends when you're in middle school, and different friends when you're in high school, different friends as adults, and so our friends can oftentimes change, but Jesus never changes. Jesus always will consider you a friend. Jesus considers us friends, and he trusts us. That's the wild thing. Jesus trusts as one friend, true friend, trusts another true friend. Jesus trusts you. Jesus trusts us to do good, to choose wisely, to believe rightly, to love unconditionally, to bear witness to our faith, faithfully. (laughs) To, to stand for him when, when no one else is. He trusts us to care for the poor and the needy. He trusts us to generously give our lives away for eternal and kingdom purposes. What a friend we have in Jesus. Kings in the ancient East would oftentimes have a small intimate group of people that were known as the friends of the king. And if you were in this small, intimate group, the friends of the king, you were one who could enter the king's palace at any time and anywhere without a security check. You were already cleared. So without a security, you could enter the king's palace anytime, anywhere. You had immediate and direct access to the king no matter what was going on. In the Bible, Jesus is called the King of Kings. He's the King of Kings. And when he says we are his friends, that means we have immediate and direct access to him anytime, anywhere. We have direct and immediate access to him no matter what's going on. No matter if we're on the mountaintop and things are going well, whether we're in the valley and things, are, things stink and things are not going so well, whether we're on the plane and just kind of cruising along, no matter what the trials or the troubles or the joys in our life are happening, we have direct and immediate access to him anytime, anywhere. You don't need me. You don't need a priest. You don't need a saint. You don't need an angel. You have direct and immediate access to Jesus anytime, anywhere. What a friend we have in Jesus. This hymn. Some of you may know, some of the history background of this hymn was written in 1855. 1855 is a poem by Joseph Scriven, who was living in Canada, uh, and he was writing to his mother who was living in Ireland. His mother was ill, living in Ireland. And so Joseph Scriven wrote this as a poem that it might bring comfort and solace to his mom. As a young man, Joseph Scriven experienced several tragedies of his own, which very well could have made him bitter. But instead, He committed his life to caring for others, loving others, pouring himself out for others versus just getting embittered with the tragedies that he himself experienced. And and then he became a pastor and started to share the love of Jesus with others. Because of the difficulties Scriven himself faced, he could write with clear and deep conviction. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. All our sins, all our griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Joseph Scriven knew because of his own experience uh, that he could bring everything in his life to God in prayer, because of his own experience, that he knew the trials and the tribulations he faced, he knew that God could bring peace to troubled hearts. Oh, what, so we could write. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Simple message powerful truth oh what peace we often forfeit oh what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry everything to god in prayer don't forfeit peace today don't forfeit joy today Whatever you're facing, trials and tribulations, challenges, worries, concerns, heartache, brokenness, whatever you're facing today, don't forfeit peace today. Don't forfeit joy today because Jesus calls you friend. And bring everything to him in prayer. What a friend we have in Jesus. And as Gary said last week, raise a hallelujah. Raise a hallelujah of praise in the midst of life. Well, I started this morning kind of on the fun side. We sang a fun song, Joy in the House of the Lord, and talking about cartoons, and the fun we can have as Christians. And it really all fits together because fun is rooted in joy, and true joy is found in Jesus, and Jesus invites us to a friendship with him. And so the joy that we find is in relationship to Jesus, friendship with Jesus, what a friend we have in Jesus. I thought we started on a fun note with a cartoon, I'd end this morning with another cartoon, maybe a little bit more contemporary, not too much contemporary, but some of you have heard of Calvin and Hobbes, right? They're still around. Calvin and Hobbes, still doing the cartoon circuit. Um, And Calvin, some of you, if you don't know Calvin, he's a young boy, and Hobbes is his tiger friend. And so one night, Calvin Hobbes, they're laying there in bed, getting ready to sleep, and uh, Calvin is just uh, restless. He, he can't go to sleep. And Calvin says, you know, I, I just, I'm having a hard time going to sleep. And, and it, I just, at night, it's, it's dark, and I, I, I imagine my fears without any distraction. And at night, the world seems so... Big and dark and scary, and I seem so small. I wish I could just go to sleep, and then it would be morning. He looks over at his tiger friend, Hobbes, and Hobbes is sound asleep. He looks over at Hobbes and says, look at Hobbes. His eyes are closed, and he's sound asleep, and, and, and Calvin says, I wonder what he's dreaming about. Good old Hobbes. Little Hobbes, he says, what a friend. And then Calvin uh, cuddles a little bit closer to his tiger friend, Hobbs. And then he says, things are never quite as scary when you have a best friend. And then Calvin's eyes are closed. And the last frame, he's sound asleep with a peaceful smile on his face. Let me remind you this morning, you have a best friend. His name is Jesus. There is no better friend. And things are never quite as scary when Jesus is at your side. Draw close to him today. There is no better friend. Things are never quite as scary when Jesus is at your side to give you peace. What a friend we have in Jesus. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus for your willingness to be our best friend, a forever friend, a friend in every season of life, every day. Lord, I pray that you would enable us to put our faith and trust in you, to enjoy that friendship, to share that friendship, to renew that friendship even this morning as we sing, as we pray, as we worship you.